Hi, I'm Thomas. Welcome to the Parachute Advice Podcast. My life has taken a lot of twists and turns, and on this podcast, I will dive into those experiences. The goal is to help everyone listening learn from my experiences and hopefully avoid some of the mistakes I've made. Hi, welcome to today's episode of the Parachute Advice Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas. Today, I want to discuss what it was like to quit my diet for a long weekend. Along the way, I'll share stories about my fun-filled trip to Nashville with a great group of friends and share insights I got along the way. First and foremost, I still tried my best to hold myself accountable in tracking what I ate and drank and make somewhat smart choices. Even though I would track stuff and make smart choices, the plan was not to limit anything. If I wanted the three meats and two sides barbecue platter, that's what I was going to order. If I was on plan, I would have done maybe one meat and one side, if that. When it came to drinking, my plan was the same. If it was a beverage I wanted, I was going to drink it. My only policy since day one was to log it. Own your choices. But in the end, I did not keep a solid log of things, and the results became very clear over the following few weeks. The result was two of my biggest fears coming true. First off, I put on nearly 10 to 15 pounds of weight in a month, and I started to slip into my old habits. Second, I had to go back to a full diet phase to get things under control. As I'm recording this, I'm working very hard to remind myself that even with gaining 10 pounds, I'm still in the best shape of my life. And not to punish or beat myself up over what happened. Instead, I need to just focus on getting back on track. Let's start with the trip. It was a blast. We were there to celebrate two friends' 40th birthdays. So you knew it was going to be a long weekend of partying. I lived for four days like I was back in my old lifestyle. I ate good food and drank to my heart's content. While I wasn't back to the days of a 24-pack and a 750 of Jack Daniels, I was back to drinking all day, getting no sleep, rinse and repeat. The first day started off healthy enough. Coffee and a bowl of protein oatmeal at 5 a.m. Plan was to hit the road by 5.30. We had about a nine-hour drive ahead of us. I even skipped the gas station snacks at the first stop. But then the partying started. We kicked things off with pre-lunch mimosas in the car. Just none for the driver, of course. We then stopped for what would be the first fast food I'd had in nearly three years. Zaxby's for fried chicken sandwiches and fries. Then it was a few more car beers and we were there. Takeaways from the car ride. I still miss gas station snacks more than ever. And damn, is fast food good. But just keep it in moderation. We hit things off quickly with beers at the Airbnb and then out for drinks and dinner in the Gulch neighborhood of Nashville. I even went as far as ordering a glass of Pappy Van Winkle 10-year. Ultimately, I was out till bar close, finishing off a 22-hour day with chips and cookies for a late-night snack. I logged everything that day, or so I thought. First thing next day, it was homemade egg sandwiches and birthday cake shots to kick off the morning. In case you're curious, these were what are equal parts rum chata and cake vodka. God, were they so good. Few more beers, and it was 11 a.m., and it was time to hit the bars. I was going on about five hours of sleep at this point. Over the course of the day, we hit nearly every bar on Broadway. I was back to my old ways, and I'm not sure if this was for better, but I certainly learned a lot about my new lifestyle and the impacts of my old one. We finished the night meeting up with some other friends who happened to be in town at the same time as us, closing down the bars to come home and snack again. And once again, as I laid in bed with the room spinning, I made sure to log the food and drink. Or so I thought again. I must have logged everything I said to myself because it showed I ate and drank 3,000 calories that day. 
The next day was more of the same, with a stop to eat a huge plate of barbecue and then drink till bar close again. My view was, if I'm here, I might as well get my, quote, money's worth on the party. I was the only one out late that night and then came home and made myself an egg sandwich. And then I made nine more for everyone to have breakfast the next day on the drive home. It was bed at 3.30 a.m. and up at 7.30 to hit the road. Thankfully, I was not the one driving. They went to bed far earlier than I did. They also really appreciated all the texts I was sending while I was out the night before, especially the play-by-play of the egg sandwich making at 3 in the morning. On the drive home, I got some of my favorite gas nation snacks, and I even had my first McDonald's in over three years. Big takeaways, McDonald's fries are still amazing. But how I eat fast food has changed drastically. Back in the day, my order easily would have been a large fry, double quarter pounder with cheese, chicken sandwich, and a large Coke. This time, it was a small fry and a cheeseburger, enough to feed me and satisfy the fast food craving. Finally, I finished the day with pizza from my neighborhood spot and off to bed. Again, I logged everything for the day. Here's what I learned right away. Partying like that destroyed my body. It took a week for my sleep to be back normal. My resting heart rate jumped 20 beats per minute. It was so bad that I struggled to do a simple workout for over a week without my heart racing. Honestly, I just felt like shit for several weeks after all of that party. Back in the day, I used to feel like this all the time and just thought it was normal. Turns out it's not normal at all. I got back to eating healthy and worked back up to working out regularly. As for my weight, it jumped the first few days and then it seemed to come right back down. I felt like I had won and was good to go. As a result, over the next few weeks, I kept turning every weekend into a cheat weekend. I would tell myself, see, if you eat right during the week, the weekend doesn't matter. And then it happened. My weight started to really creep up. Ultimately, it ended up 10 to 15 pounds higher than it was prior to the trip. I was at the heaviest I had been in over six months. Man, was that a major wake-up call. I saw firsthand how easy it was to undo a lot of hard work. Not to mention, I honestly felt like crap. I even noticed some of my clothes were fitting different. That was it. My biggest fear had come true, at least in part. I tried to ignore it and stick to maintenance calories, but after a few more weeks, it was clear that this was not going to work. As I mentioned in the earlier anniversary episode, I was trying to avoid going back on my diet at all costs, but push came to shove and that's where I'm at. I have cut back to 12 to 1400 calories a day and up my working out from 20 to 30 minute spin classes to that plus 20 to 30 minute power walks. I even went out and got new running shoes and I'm going to add in true jogging and running as part of my walks or at least give it a shot. Yes, you heard me right. I'm going to try running. That is just how scared of going back to the weight I was has made me. The one form of physical activity I have hated and avoided my entire life is now part of my routine. In a future episode, I'm going to talk more about my new exercise routine and even touch on running. But in the first weekend, I logged nearly five miles at an average pace of 11 minutes and 45 seconds. Nothing heroic, but still better than I thought. The worst part is, I'm not actually hating it. I think it goes back to my need to be challenged. Running is my new challenge. It's helping me to be focused on something and as a result, not stress about the position I put myself in by letting my diet get so out of control. But let's jump back to that. When I look back at the Nashville trip, I had a great time and I don't think I would have changed anything about the trip. I might watch what I ate and drank a little closer or at the very least, be better at tracking it. 
The only change is I would be a lot more honest with myself about what was happening post-trip. Truth be told, I think this wake-up call was exactly what I needed to get realigned. It was a great way to remind myself just how far I'd come and just how important maintenance and sticking to the plan can be. We hear this all the time. I eat well all week, and then I just indulge a little bit on the weekends. I'm at a loss for why I can't lose weight or why I'm gaining weight. Well, I can be everyone's shooting star of an example on what happens. First off, unless we control every little aspect of our food, tracking is harder than you think. Was that one ounce of butter per serving or two? How much cheese did they really add to that? Was that one serving of cheese on the crackers? Maybe it was two servings. Is it 10 crackers for a serving or five crackers for a serving? Hell, just the other day I went to the store to get my favorite 30 calorie bread and it happened to notice that the label now said 50 calories per slice. When did this happen? What's the impact? Well, every sandwich now has nearly twice the calories from bread that I was tracking. I was shocked to go home and look at the loaf of bread in the freezer and realize that that one too said 50 calories. I just didn't notice it when I bought it. As we talked about it, it takes just 500 extra calories a day or 3,500 a week to gain a pound. So think about this. If you eat at maintenance all week and then on Friday and Saturday, you overeat by 1,800 calories, you're going to gain about a half a pound a week. Let's take this example I just had. I went to a friend's and we had dinner, which was actually pretty healthy and easy to track. Roasted vegetables, chicken breasts, rice. So I had a cup of rice, about six ounces of chicken. But what about the vegetables? Well, I watched them get marinated in a quarter cup of olive oil. So did my serving have one tablespoon of olive oil on it or three tablespoons of olive oil? I don't know, but that'd be a 200 calorie swing right there. Next was s'mores over a bonfire. I logged the chocolate, graham crackers, and marshmallows. But then, since it was all sitting there, I snacked on a few more pieces of each. Next thing you know, it was four marshmallows or eight marshmallows. I don't know, but that's another 100 calorie swing. Plus, we had a few glasses of wine. How many ounces were in the glass? While you think you can estimate value, I can assure you, you will be wrong all the time unless you have actually measured the specific glass. While this example is the reverse, there are actually cheater glasses for bars to use so you think you're getting a full pint when you're not. And how do they get away with that? Easy. We are all too easily tricked by volume because without actually measuring it, it's hard to visually tell what the volume is. Now, let's talk about those cute little mini cupcakes from the grocery store. We had some of those at the bonfire. I bet you didn't realize those are 100 calories a piece. I guarantee we have all underestimated desserts and baked good calories in general. Let's take the cute mini donuts we had in Nashville one morning for breakfast. I think I had four, and I logged it as 300 calories. But in retrospect, I bet each one was 150 calories. So I was off by 300 calories right there. All of these little mistakes can derail all the work from the week. Hell, let's go back to the bread example I mentioned. And to be clear, this is the third time I've seen this with a product I buy. Twice now it's been bread. Make sure with packaged and processed foods, you're looking at the labels every time you buy it. With my love for two slices of bread with a little bit of cinnamon sugar and light, I can't believe it's not butter for a snack. This could change everything just by not keeping track of the calories in the slices of bread. Again, if you're eating right to maintenance, this will drive long-term weight gain if you're off by a few hundred calories each day. This is another reason why I still measure my food and track calories plus my weight every day. For me, it's just data. Yes, I was disappointed by the weight gain, but in the end, the data helped me understand and correct the problem before it was out of hand. Let's quick go over something else I've noticed recently. Shrinkflation and the impact it has on calories and portion size. 
another great reason to read the label. What is shrinkflation? Well, in economics, shrinkflation, also known as the grocery store shrink ray, deflation or package downsizing, is the process of items shrinking in size or quantity, or even sometimes reformulating or reducing quantity while their prices remain the same or increase. In basic terms, shrinkflation is a rise in the general price level of goods per unit of weight or volume, brought about by a reduction in the weight or size of the item sold. How have I seen this? Well, I've seen single serve items go from 120 calories a serving to 100 calories because the amount in the package went down. I've also seen it in per serving calories go down on the package because still it's a four serving package, but there's less of the item in the package. So the serving size had to go down. Example was the frozen vegetables I bought went from 85 gram portions to 75 gram portions. So the calories went from 25 calories per portion to 20 calories per portion. Two things. If it's something like a basic vegetable, you can continue to weigh it out and use the old portion and use, use the old calorie count or adjust. I've also noticed that apps still have not caught up on this shrinkflation. So when I scan the barcode, it pulls up one serving as 85 grams and 25 calories, but I was weighing out 75 gram portions. So no matter what it is, check your labels. They may have changed to a cheaper ingredient that drastically impacts calories to get similar taste. I honestly suspect that's what happened with the bread example I mentioned earlier. I hate to say it, but it's tough to trust processed foods for just these reasons. Hence why I limit my eating of them. As you can see, it's far too easy to underestimate calories or overindulge. This is exactly what happened to me post-vacation because I got overconfident and frankly arrogant about how well things were going. Let me be clear. I up my exercise not to counter the bad eating but to accelerate the impacts of my healthy eating. What do I mean? Well, if I just cut my calories to 1,400 a day for maintenance of 2,000, I would have lost about a pound a week. So 10 weeks and I'd be back on track, just where I wanted to be, assuming I had stopped doing all the damage and was strict for those 10 weeks. Both of which I knew were probably not gonna be the case. First off, it was gonna be a few weeks to truly see the impact of my overeating. That was very true. Plus, it's summer and fall in Wisconsin, and there will be events I want to enjoy. So if I push a little harder on the exercise, it will help a bit. For example, I estimate I see a 25% impact from working out. What do I mean by this? Well, if at the end of a workout it shows I burned 400 calories, I assume I got a net impact of 100 calories. So if I do that five days a week, that's 500 calories of additional deficit. I don't add these calories in or even track them. I just mentally keep that in the back of my head as a helping hand. Again, I go back to the very first episode I shared with you. You can't out-exercise a bad diet. Weight loss happens in the kitchen. Health happens in the gym. But what I have found is the healthier I feel, the less I want to overindulge or go off my diet. So I think the mental health aspect is the key here to working out. Plus, I just love a new focus and challenge to add into my day when I'm dieting or cutting calories. So far, my approach has been pretty successful. I'm moving towards my goal. I have not measured this, but I'm also feeling leaner. While my weight has gone down very slowly, I notice clothes are fitting very different. I suspect I'm building muscle mass by adding a new workout in. I noticed very quickly all the new muscles that hurt when I started running, which I suspect is a result of working them in a new manner and working new muscles at the same time, which in turn is just better for your health. I hope this information helps with your journey by learning from my mistakes. In the end, we need to enjoy life, but understand the consequences of our choices. And 
the potential long-term impacts. Taking a weekend off to party is not the end of the world. Just don't let it become a new lifestyle and derail all of the work you've done. Thank you for listening. Please join me again for future episodes. You can contact me at parachuteadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's all one word, parachuteadvicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at parachuteadvice. Again, thank you for listening, and please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.